Tonight's scripture reading comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 1 through 21. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born anew, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born anew. The wind blows where it wills, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know whence it comes or whither it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can this be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand this? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know, and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven but he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For, God's, uh, for God sent the Son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not condemned. He who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light, and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does what is true comes to the light that it may be clearly seen that his deeds have been wrought in God. The word of the Lord. When I was 14, I lived for three months with a blanket over my head. Not a metaphorical blanket, an actual blanket. That seems hard to believe to you. That seems impossible to you. Try doing it. I'll tell you, it was not easy. But it is what I did from February through April of that year. It started out simply as a way to spite my mother. We had a very, um, what would you say, unhealthy morning routine. You see, I was not a morning person, and unfortunately, anyone's days, even a 14-year-old's, almost always starts in the morning. If Central High School had, had a night shift, 
I think I would have had an easier uh, time of it. The alarm would go off at 7, and that is when the struggle started. I just could not get out of bed in a normal way. I mean, I still can't. It took work, work on my part and work on the part of my mom. Occasionally, when it was close to 9 and I'd already missed the bus, when school had already started, my dad would get involved. On his way out the door to work, my mom would come to him, exasperated. So he would run up to my room with his coat already on and basically yell at me. Which is what my mom was doing before, so it wasn't particularly compelling. Sometimes he would get really mad and like yank the colors off, covers off of me and throw them across the room. And I would get out of bed and he would look at me, relieved and leave my room and go to work, telling my mom that I was up. And I would walk across the room, pick up my blankets, get back in bed, and pull them over me, and try to get to sleep. My mom, of course, hearing nobody stirring upstairs and having more experience than my dad in this area, would come up to the room and see my blanket shrouded body and just completely lose it. She would turn my stereo up all the way so loud I could like hear the cones tearing. She would bring in the vacuum cleaner and she would set it next to my bed and turn it on and just leave. She would dump a gallon bucket of water, cold water on my head. Even then I pulled the covers over my head tighter. I know that I did this to my mother. I know that it was not a good thing for a loving son to put their mother through. I was never self-reflective about the whole thing. I never thought, why is it so hard for me to get out of bed in the morning? Is there something I'm trying to avoid? After, after the new pressures, after all the new pressures of the life as an adolescent, are there things that are difficult for me to negotiate which I would like to suspend? Is there something I'm afraid of? I never thought any of those things. No, I just thought, I'm really sleepy. I would eventually make it out of bed. I'd have to take the city bus to school. And I generally got there for second period, which is probably about when they should have started school anyway, in my opinion. So one particularly horrible morning, my mom had run out of tricks the day before, and I think she was just too exhausted to make herself try and think of any new thing that she could resort to. So she just put her face next to the blanket where about she thought my left ear was and just started screaming. She just started screaming, yelling, screaming, anything she could think of. She, was, she screamed questions. She screamed quotations. She screamed the Pledge of Allegiance. She was like, the United States of America, one nation under God, indivisible, like a weapon. She screamed Bible verses at me. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Plain, high-pitched, animal-dying screams just... Ah! 
Finally, she just collapsed, crying. The full weight of her head, which she no longer had the strength to hold up, lying on top of mine, separated only by the thin blanket, <coughs> smashing my left ear into my le the left side of my skull. And she sobbed, hard. I was scared. I knew this was different, and I knew it was bad. I felt bad. I knew I should do something, that I needed to do something. I should say something, comfort my mom, pull the blanket off my head, get out of the damn bed. But I couldn't figure out how to make the moves. The blanket was held in place vice-like between our heads. It seemed impossible to lift her head up to take the blanket off so then I could say, sorry, Mom. I'll get up. Don't cry. I couldn't even make myself speak the words through the blanket. I'm sorry, Mom. I'll get up. Don't cry. She'd soaked the spot in the blanket so completely that her tears dripped into my ear. And she got up and left. She didn't sigh. She didn't say a word. Got up and left. I heard her moving around downstairs. I heard the back door. She had left. I felt bad, ashamed. I held the blanket in place and sat up in bed. I held the blanket in place and stood up. I stood there. I stood there. I could not take the blanket off. I didn't know what to do. And then I got mad, angry. I was just sleepy. Why does she have to do this to me? Why can't she understand I'm sleepy? I noticed that I could kind of see through the blanket a little. It was a loose weave. I adjusted it a little. I went downstairs, tripped on the blanket, knocked my head into the wall. That did it. I'll show her, I thought. She'll feel bad. She made me do this. I gathered up the skirt of the blanket and went to the kitchen, rummaged through the junk drawer, found a pair of scissors, went into the downstairs bathroom and looked in the mirror. I could see my reflection, hazily, felt blanket fuzz itching my face. I was surprised that this blanket-headed image in the mirror looked to me like me. It was immediately recognizable as me. It was the me that I had long known. I trimmed the blanket so it didn't fall much past my shoulders to make it more manageable. I got dressed, pulled my shirt down over the blanket, and I went to school. Now you think that the world is a hard place for a teenager to negotiate with ever-increasing independence, pressure to conform, and growing understand that their identity is in flux? Imagine doing all that with a blanket over your head. 
The world becomes a hard and ugly place. Strangers would walk me. People were so irritated with me when I kept knocking into them on the bus, sticking my hands in their face when I'm trying to reach the back of the seat to steady myself, stepping on their feet. I could not see that well. I had no peripheral vision. The blanket had no peripheral vision. I barely had any vision. It was a fuzzy blanket fuzz vision. Friends became tormentors. Who's going to hang out with a guy with a blanket over his head? I was sent to the principal office by every one of my teachers for refusing to take the blanket off. You can't make me take it off, I would tell the principal and the teachers, anybody. It's not against the law to wear a blanket on your head, which apparently it wasn't because nobody made me take it off. Kids would try to grab it off, but I would hold on tight and pull down around my head, using my neck muscles and my body to resist and yank it out of their grip. I was unhappy and mad almost all the time. And my mom, my mom, my dad just removed himself from the whole thing. Hey, you want to go through life with a blanket on your head? Fine. It's weird, and I tell you it doesn't do much for your prospects for the snow days dance, but it's your choice. My mom, well, I did start getting up in the morning and getting out of bed and going to school on time. My mom would come in the room, shut off the alarm clock, and say, it's time to get up and leave. And I would get up. The hardest part was going down to breakfast. I would walk into the kitchen. My mom would see me with the blanket over my head and let out a sigh. Sad and mad at the same time. I would catch a glimpse of her through the little hole in the blanket and it would hurt. She barely said anything to me. Hardly anyone talked to me. I was starting to disappear, or the world was starting to disappear. Look, I'm not dumb. I know how crazy it was to be doing that. But I could not take the blanket off. I couldn't make myself take the blanket off. Shame and anger hardened into resolve, into habit into a kind of horrible comfort. All that made it impossible to imagine a world without a blanket over my head.